You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Stage Door Podcast. The podcast celebrating theatre and creativity. From onstage mishaps to career-defining moments. Hosted by thespians, myself, Tori, and co-host Eliza. Fortnightly, we will bring you industry professional guests, deep dives, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. Today, we are joined by performer Stephanie Kakamo. Before we get started, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and the Tabal people of Yagera, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live, and record, and recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. We pay respect to elders past, present, and emerging. Originally from Sydney, Stephanie graduated in 2016 from the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts, WAPA, with a Bachelor of Arts in Musical Theatre. Stephanie made her professional debut in the Australian tour of Beautiful, the Carol King musical, playing the role of Betty and understudying the role of Carol King. Since then, her theatre roles have included Alice in the Australian premiere of Lizzie at the Hayes Theatre Company and Laurie in Richard Carroll's reimagined Oklahoma. As well as the role of Girl in Once with Darlinghurst Theatre Company, for which she was nominated for Best Female Actor in a Musical at both the Sydney Theatre Awards and the Glug Awards in 2019. Chrissy in the 50th anniversary tour of Hair the Musical with Sydney Opera House and Pete's Productions. The title role in Irene, Eve Harrington in Applause opposite Caroline O'Connor and Agnes in Meet Me in St. Louis with the Hayes Theatre Company and Neglected Musicals. In 2017, Stephanie was a finalist in the Rob Guest Endowment Competition, winning the Melbourne East End Theatre District Award. Please welcome to the mic, Stephanie. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot, isn't it, to get through? (laughs) No, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled. Thank you so much for coming on. Wow, my face says I'm thrilled. I just realized my voice didn't say I'm thrilled. I am thrilled. like that sometimes yeah. I like say something and it just and listening back I'm like why do I sound bored this like that was not my face totally that was not my face <laughs> no oh gosh I know it's obvious I have like resting bitch voice <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one I'll have to use yeah. that <laughs> but how are you how are you going obviously right now you are in Lizzie when this comes out Sadly, Lizzie will have closed. So I hope that by now, if you're listening, you have seen it. Um, I'm going to see it tonight. And I am, like, beyond excited to see it. Like, 
I've been waiting a very long time for this. How are you? How are you feeling? What's what's going on with you right now? I'm feeling I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling good. It's a weird time, you know. Um, it's it's always a risk taking a job at the moment because of the nature of what we do with an audience. It can be cancelled at any moment. Um, mm. And then as well, if some because we work so closely together, if someone in the cast, you know, comes down with COVID, then we have to shut down for a week. So it's a bit scary, uh, but it's it's the risk that we take um, in order to do what we want to do. Um, I mean, the yeah. opposite is not doing what you want to do, so it's kind of a catch twenty two. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 felt um, really full on. But uh, the company that I'm working with, like Hayes, have been unbelievably supportive, and everyone in the cast, the crew, the creatives, are exactly the same. It's been a joy, actually. Yeah, it was stressful in the beginning, and then now I'm feeling pretty relaxed. <laughs> That's good. I feel I definitely uh, understand from on a much smaller scale how stressful it is you know you have all this excitement behind doing a show and doing the rehearsals but there is always that you know the chance that you'll get to the day before opening or midway through the season and have to shut down because of covid yeah Um, or the the you know what you've just experienced the possibility of having covid or possibility of getting sick and trying to keep other people safe as well when you're working in a cast and it's so uncertain and so unknown so we appreciate yeah. you moving forward and, you know, doing what you're doing because it's, it's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, well, the, I, that's – it is. It is really exciting. And I think what I've had to do mentally to get through it is not to think of uh, the payoff being once we get an audience. It's every single day that we achieve a rehearsal or a show, then that's a feat in itself and to be really happy with that and then whatever happens tomorrow happens tomorrow and we've just done that the entire way and I think we've been so lucky that we haven't had any bumps in the road yet now we're at our last week I think we're all like well whatever happens from here we're grateful for the time that we got so yeah it's it's kind of just the way that you've got to think at the moment yeah I think and I think that's exactly the right mindset to have taking each day as as a blessing and as what it is because you just don't know what tomorrow is going to bring yeah but I guess jumping into it a bit how did you find the world of theater and what drew you to create a career out of it well I mean I always loved singing that was my number one Uh, I was a part of the Australian girls choir and the school choirs um but I discovered theater when I was 11 it was just by chance um Mm. my sister was doing singing lessons at school and this teacher that she had recommended that she audition for this opera it was Carmen the Opera um and so I just kind of went along with her I auditioned we both got it and it was the most terrifying (laughs) experience of my life I, I think uh day one I went to the wrong vocal call um I went to my sister's vocal call I just hung around with my sister and I couldn't read music at the time and there were all these kind of professionals in the room and it was the two-hour vocal call and I felt so suffocated and terrified I thought there's no way (laughs) that I'm coming back tomorrow but I did I did I realized I was in the wrong room um and yeah I just I uh, once we got to the theater and we had costume fittings and we got on stage I really fell in love with the magic of it and being 11, it really felt magical. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I just, I just remember thinking up until that point, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a teacher. Um, but that was, I mean, I was 11. But still, I think back to that, just knowing so fiercely in my heart that that's what I wanted to do. 
Um, I just didn't know how. Uh, but anyway, so I started doing the, the school musicals and um, I actually met my singing teacher, uh, who's still my singing teacher to this day, on that production when I was 11. Oh, really? Um, yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she's, she's incredible. She's really, um, she's really been uh, the biggest influence on, uh, on me and the performer that I am. And so, and so, yeah, so she has been my singing teacher, my mentor. And um, once I got to year 12 and we were doing HSC and I had to take that next step with where to go, uh, she, she, yeah, I told her that I wanted to do musical theatre because uh, she trained me in classical singing um, up until mm. I was about 18. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, I told her that I loved musical theatre and she was like, okay, well, let's audition for WAPA then. And I just the hell is Whopper? Um, I knew nothing. <laughs> I knew nothing about it. I just, I loved doing it at school. Um, but I really didn't know anything about the industry or anyone in it, to be honest. Um, I think I knew about Audra McDonald. I think that was it. Yeah. So that I kind of just, um, everything just lined up and, and fell into place. And that's, that's how I kind of fell into theatre. That's amazing. I can't believe you've had the same singing teacher for that long. It, 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 it's mind-blowing, but also incredible that you've had this connection with someone for such a long time and they've been able to guide you along your entire journey, which is so fantastic. Yeah, I'm really, really lucky because, you know, your voice constantly changes and then sometimes the singing teacher you have might not serve you anymore and that's very normal. Um, but for her, I just, it's felt so safe and so comfortable and um you know I've gone through some vocal issues in the past and she has brought me back from the edge and yeah just everything I think I think the main thing with her what I love her name's Nicole Alexander she's phenomenal she's in America at the moment she's directing she's an insane person as well she's one of those insane people that does everything um yeah <laughs> uh but yeah she she um we were uh, uh, away from each other for a period of time and my voice went through some changes and I didn't know how to I didn't know how to fix it so I, I went over to LA and I stayed with her for a bit and she got my voice back she's just the only person that has been able to uh, maintain my voice um, which has been yeah uh, really really special um, you know yeah. to have that connection and um, I can't imagine not <laughs> having her in my life yeah and it, it's crazy because if if my if my sister, her singing teacher at high school, hadn't recommended that she do this show, uh, yeah. something that we had never done before, you know, we could have easily gone, oh, I don't know about that, but we just, we took the leap <laughs> and we did it. And she was, she, she was the musical director um, and she, um, she auditioned us and she said that she heard something in both of our voices right from the beginning. So it was shortly after oh, that wow. production that she asked if she could teach us. So that's incredible. What a good story. I love that. Um, and obviously right now you are playing Alice Russell in Lizzie at the Hayes. Now it is a bit of a new show. Like we haven't really seen this show in Australia. Can you tell us a little bit about what the show is and, um, just about the show itself? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's complex. Um, so Lizzie Borden (laughs) in 1892, uh, she uh, killed her father and her stepmother with an axe. Uh, it was a big scandal, uh, but she was acquitted. So she um, she was uh, set free, and uh, I don't think the case has really been solved since. But the way that the book works for the musical is that Lizzie very much did um, kill her parents. And um, it delves into some really, really uh, serious issues. Um, it's rumoured that uh, she was severely sexually abused by her father and losing her mother at a really young young age is uh, traumatic 
and this stepmother figure kind of comes in and wants to change the father's will and it's just an absolute mess. Uh, and her older sister has kind of been that mother figure for her, but even so, her going through the trauma of losing her mother, how how helpful was she? We don't know. Um, yeah, it kind of gets to a point where Emma leaves because she feels within herself that she's going to do something bad and she's just got to get out of there. And she kind of leaves Lizzie to her own devices. Um, and then there's Alice, who is... Lizzie's next door neighbor and um, lover in the show. And what was really interesting about uh, what I previously thought about Alice, you know, I thought, you know, she was this light in Alice's life. Um, but as we discovered the show, we realized that she was another pressure in her life that led her mm. to doing what she did because mm. she loved her. Alice loved Lizzie so fiercely that it was toxic and that she forgot why she was in love with her she just so was in love with the idea of being in love and she was yeah. you know at the right at the beginning of the show Lizzie says to her I'm leaving I've got to get out of here I've got to go and if she, Alice had let her go then maybe none of it would have happened but Alice convinces her so no 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 stay I will protect you everything will be fine you just have to stay with me we can save each other because uh you know at the time 1892 the queer um love story it was very you know uh, not allowed and um, yeah. Uh, so Alice is going through that kind of um, struggle mental struggle and so um, yeah Alice is a little self-centered which is kind of fun I feel like I've played um, <laughs> characters that um, are kind of you know uh, protagonists but um, in this yes. uh, it's, it's, in, it's, it's fun to start the show with the audience thinking that she is a light in Lizzie's life and then realizing that she's um, actually really bad for her Um so all of these pressures, all of these pressures in Lizzie's life ultimately lead her to killing her parents because it's the only way that she sees out of her circumstance. Um, you know, it's, it's not that we're going, yes, murder is great. It's just that we're yeah. saying that she was so stuck. She had no other choice. Mm. And mm. mentally, with everything she had gone through, how could she have been in her right mind? So, yeah, I think it's... Uh, feminist oh, hit my microphone um, a bit of a feminist story um, for reclaiming her life and setting herself free it's the show itself just sounds so amazing for an actor in terms of the complexity of what's going on it's like who is the villain who's not like who's in the right who's in the wrong it's it's very it plays on there's no straight and narrow with it it's mm. it's in between and ambiguous which I think is so much fun when you get to play a character like that have you had like what has been your favorite part of working on Lizzie oh god oh, there's so many good things about it I will also say that that explanation was very um psychological uh it, it is and this is going to sound uh strange the show in the first half is kind of more set in reality but you have some other characters like Sarah Ward's character the maid who's a little more heightened and drops in some camp stuff here and there and then act two is very camp it's very yeah. heightened mm -hmm. and um uh, uh almost like a cabaret style um yeah. in act two so it's yeah it's really it's a really interesting mix whenever I try to explain it to people they're just so baffled by it but um yeah I guess when you when you come and see Victoria, you'll see what I mean. Oh, I'm very excited. It's actually a show that I've followed for a very long time personally. Um, so I know this show very well. When I saw 
that it was being put on. It's just not a show that I ever, ever imagined seeing in Australia. And when I saw that the Hayes was doing it, it I was like, you're kidding. Because it's, I think also it's such a show, even that explanation prepares you, but also completely not. Like when I first <laughs> heard about this show many years ago, um, and then listened to it, I was like, oh, okay, this is not whatsoever what I expected. But that's, I think, what I love about it so much is it could be a very light, dark show, if that makes sense. Like, it could have very light music. And, you know, but this gives it an entirely new meaning. And it is an entirely female cast, which is Mm. phenomenal. And it's obviously, you know, the cast here in Australia is for extremely phenomenally talented women, extremely strong women and so it's just I'm I'm so excited yeah. <laughs> tonight <laughs> I'm excited to have you in it's gonna be fun yeah. Uh, but yeah you're right it's 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 really different and I think um Hayes Theatre Co especially are kind of heading in that direction you know doing doing some different shows mm. um which is good because we need it and we love it and I think what's great about this story um is that you know it's it's an authentic queer um story uh, storytelling of of the book um I think other productions it's a little more heightened it's a little more like a rock concert and they're holding microphones but we've really brought it down to reality um Mm. for the first Mm. act at least um and yeah it's it's I think it's really important to see um these stories on stage um and then attract you know different types of audiences um it's only going to broaden you know the scope it's 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 not going to limit so um yeah it's it's really exciting Mm. Uh, your previous question, my favourite part of the show. <laughs> yes. Um, Sorry, we get very sidetracked here. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm the queen of sidetracking. I have like, f- when I'm telling a story, I have like five different stories that go along with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think ultimately, um, it's it's been the whole team working with so many brilliant minds, um, with so many um, inspiring ideas and thoughts. And uh, I've, I've felt very, very lucky to be in the room with everyone. Yeah, I've just learnt so much about so many things, representation on stage and um, uh, how different, you know, the theatre world, um, musical theatre world can be from the cabaret world and how merging those together would just be heaven. And Yeah, not, not only diversity um, on stage and ac- accessibility on stage, but um, in, in the stories that we tell. And um, Anyway, so many things. I don't even know where my brain's going. No. Like, it's such a phenomenal creative team as well like yeah i'm not gonna say her name correctly but Maeve is phenomenal and victoria yeah. Falcone is it and like look i'm biased but like the fact that you get to sing with marissa every day just like oh divine an amazing friend and we've again someone that we've had on the podcast before and i'm just obsessed with her like yeah absolutely <laughs> obsessed yes. um so i, I think I think we're just obsessed with most of the cast. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, you should get Sarah Ward and Ali on. You should get them on together. The two of them together are hilarious. <laughs> they would be, you would love Oh, it. I love it. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's such a great team. Oof, I yeah. felt very lucky. And so you actually spent a portion of time living in London. How mm. did theatre differ there compared to Australia? And just in general, what was your experience like? It was very short, and I don't know that I can answer your question because I was only there for four weeks before oh uh, the pandemic hit. So I moved there in February of 2020, 
and I spent most of the four weeks setting myself up and um, going for agent meetings and I did find an agent um, and they were amazing I was so excited to work with them Uh, and I had one audition I got one audition under my belt so that's kind of the only um, experience I had uh, in the room and it was it was different Uh, it was very fast and it what it kind of reminded me of was um the, you know when you see people audition in film and it's really mm. cutthroat? Um, it was like yeah. that. It was actually like that. I, in, in Australia, I feel like we, we have so much more space and, um, mm. and, and yeah, we, it's, it's always very – I always feel very, usually, <laughs> very good in the room, um, very safe in the room. And, uh, re- yeah, uh, but in, in London, um, it's, it's not that they uh, were rude by any means. It was just so quick. So I was auditioning for the West End recast of Les Mis, um, and I just had to go in there and sing on my own. And the entire song, they were talking amongst themselves, looking at my CV, um, you know, having conversations, this and that. And I was so oh. confused because no one was looking at what? me. I was like, oh, I'll just keep singing. I mean, it, it took the pressure off. I didn't mind. I was like, I'll just, you know, keep singing, doing whatever. Um, and then at the very, very end, um, when it gets to the pretty delicate part of the song, um, Uh, that's when they all looked up and they watched me and then suddenly they had all of these notes about my entire performance uh, (laughs) and they wanted me to do the song again and I was just like what you weren't watching me (laughs) Uh, anyway so I did it again and they're like yeah that's great no worries Uh, see you later I was like cool Um, thinking you know it didn't go badly but I didn't know how it went usually Mm. I can gauge an audition Uh, anyway and I ended up um, uh, flying back to Australia because um, uh, COVID scene where I didn't know what was happening and I just thought mm. it would probably be best mm. to be home with the family for a couple months I thought I'd just come back for a month or two um oh, no. <laughs> so I was in quarantine and, and I, I got a call back and I just did my um uh, my tape in quarantine and then um the show ended up getting shut down as did everything uh yeah so that was kind of my experience I mean I went to see a few shows like I watched Les Mis before I auditioned and I saw beautiful Josh Pitterman in Phantom and um, I saw oh, Waitress, uh, the, the, the uh, watching theatre, the, the level of, oh my gosh, it was phenomenal. I think the production of Lame Is was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. I just, that, I was in tears. Oh. Um, so yeah, I just, I, that's the only experience I had being over there and I just remember thinking yeah. I really want to be a part of this. I mean, is it something that you think that you might end up going back to I mean I'm not ruling it out at all I just I think I don't know how much longer this COVID this pandemic is going to um to last for and it just seems it still seems a little bit scary at the moment um Mm -hmm. and I think it's a good time to just be at home with the fam um so uh maybe in the future if something brings me over um I yeah. also I also lost a lot of money, <laughs> so I've got to... as, yeah. as you would. But no, we hope we hope that um that like a lot of Aussies will get to go over to London soon and and pursue that because it's exciting and being around a lot of theatre and it's just different. I think being around a lot of theatre in a condensed space. Mm. Um, Ooh, but that being yeah. said. I feel like um, at the moment there is a lot of shows going on, like Jagged, Frozen, Hamilton. We've got Lizzie. We've like there's a lot going on um, even within that, and we're trying to grow theatre 
more and more, which is very yeah. exciting. And, um, you know, we can only hope that uh, this year we won't be too interrupted by the Rona. Fingers crossed, <laughs> fingers crossed, but we'll deal with it. But, yeah, you're so right. In London, that was, that was another thing I felt. And I forgot that I had felt that until you just said that. Um, was that there's such an energy and a vibe there mm. with theatre. And there are th- mm. you, the same way that there are, you know, here, um, it's, you know, the football is so advertised or um, movies are really advertised. Theatre is everywhere. Like the underground uh, posters everywhere about it. On every, like, second corner, there's a little, like, ticket store where you go buy tickets for musical theatre. Like, it just blew my mind uh, how embedded theater is in the culture over there so that that was really cool yeah that's exciting I can only hope to go there one day Mm, yeah it's special (laughs) and London's just gorgeous it's beautiful yeah so recently once came back for its second season and you had the chance to return to the role of girl why do you think this show resonates with so many people Oh, I think there are so many reasons. There are probably a lot of reasons that I'm not even aware of because everyone's um, human experience is so different. Um, when you go and see Once, I don't know, there's... I mean, it's a specific specific story, but there's also just so much space in that show as an audience member to have your own experience. Um, mm. So, I mean, the music is obviously just beautiful. Um, and I think there's something really magical about... Uh, watching the uh, the artists on stage play the instruments. Um, I don't think that's very common in musical theatre, so I think that in itself is really magical yeah. and kind of jarring, I guess, um, when you first watch it. Um, but, I mean, I'm a romantic, so I love a love story, but I love how this isn't your traditional love story. I think it's really mm-hmm. real in that people come into our lives only for a certain amount of time um, and then they leave and that's very much what this story is about and sometimes when you develop really strong feelings when you develop when even if you love them sometimes it's not enough Um, Mm. and I think that's what Guy is going through I think it's what they're both going through Uh, he's got a love elsewhere and um, she does as well and although they have developed this very special unique kind of love with each other in such a small amount of time they've still got unfinished business elsewhere um she says this beautiful line in the show what does she say you cannot go through your life leaving unfinished love behind you um i just think that's so true and special and um even if it means that the love isn't there if if you haven't healed from the love um from the heartbreak then you've got to do that work before you can invite other love into your life just so many different things and you know like we're all of these themes they're all universal but everyone has their own unique experience even though they're all really similar and I think that's what's really beautiful about it um and it's really funny I speak to so many people after the show um and they think that girl and guy have kissed everyone that I've spoken to is like oh you had to kiss Toby Francis again I was like no we we don't kiss in the show they don't kiss and everyone's just like wait what like it's it's so because they're so you know immersed in this beautiful story which is really about you know um it's not about like the love really it's just about one human being having love for someone else and and get um helping them get their life back um on track um just the generosity uh there is unbelievable the humanity and the selflessness oh 
it's amazing um but people are so you know enthralled by that they're they're convinced that there's a kiss at some point but there isn't um yeah so I mean I've I've mainly focused on all the love aspects because I'm a romantic but um I'm sure there are there are so much there's there's the there's the loss of um uh, Guy's father Da his um Mm. his wife there's that element um girl has a child and her husband's not around so she's kind of a single mother and and dealing with that and there's so many themes um that relate to so many different people um and it's beautiful it's beautiful performing um in uh the eternity for example because it's such an intimate space and you can really see and hear the reactions um of people and it's yeah it's beautiful once it's stunning it's a really beautiful show I've, i've had the opportunity to see it actually a few times now i saw it on broadway in melbourne the first time it came to australia when um oh my god and i've just forgotten her name maddie jones maddie jones was in it yes and i got to see it at um the darlow last year with yourself and toby and it's such a beautiful show i think one of the things I, i do love so much about it is like you said it's the fact that all of the, you know, all of the people that you would normally see in the pit playing are actually on stage. So it's such a different experience. And I feel like there's so much more connection to it as well because it's it feels so much more real and part of the world that mm. it doesn't necessarily feel anymore like you're seeing a show. It just feels like you're sitting at a pub watching these people play and sing and have fun and it's such a, I think, special show as well because it, it's not that it has a sad ending. It doesn't end how you would expect it to from watching Girl and Guy meet, which I think yeah. is so important because it's not every love also is meant to be and you can still love someone and lose them, but continue on. Yes, 100%. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with all of that. In our production, we really wanted to... Um, hone in on that idea that he was really giving up on life like he was ready to go and end Mm -hmm. his life um and she absolutely was just compelled to save him to help him as best as she could um and in turn by her doing that she kind of she didn't realize that he was also bringing her back to life um and yeah finding purpose in her own life as well um not just, not just. Oh, I have purpose in saving this man. Um, but yeah, I just, of uh, I, f- I feel like for her, she was um, just kind of going through the motions, and her mother was helping a lot with her child. But she was, yeah, a little vacant, just kind of going through life a bit empty, and then having something to be inspired by music. You know, like he, you know, she obviously wanted to help him, but it was his music that drew her to him. She just was like, yeah, "People have got to hear this. You you can't give up. This is unbelievable." And that has inspired yeah. her to finally, you know, finish her song that she gets to play in Act Two, and um, yes. yeah, yeah, so many beautiful things. But yeah, it's it's love. Um, there are so many different kinds of love, and this is a different a different kind of love. And it's a bittersweet ending, and everyone's like, "Why aren't they together?" And I was like, "This is real life." <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah. that and that's what I love. I think so much about it is it really does bring the reality of life to it as much as I know we would all love to see that they end up together in the end or that he spoiler you know jumps back off that plane and comes back but just like it is it's a real life and that you help each other in such a phenomenal way and such an impactful way 
But then it's then okay to then kind of let go of that connection and, and aware of the impact that it will always have on you. Yeah. But also then having oh, yeah. to let each other go because I feel like as well, otherwise you would always be stuck with the fact that you saved him, he saved you, you mm. know. Mm. That, that Then it kind of always relies on that foundation yes. of saving each exactly. other, which is not healthy. No. Yeah. And that, and that's what that's what she she knows she's she's aware of that she's fully aware of that I think it's because she has other priorities she's got you know she's got unfinished business with her husband and she's got her child and she's got a family here Mm. um but for him um other than his dad um she was kind of yeah he was absolutely clinging to her and she just says to him you can't like I can't be that for you you have to be that for yourself and then Mm -hmm. once you are you'll realize that you have to go back and fix things with your ex or at least get some closure with it um, yeah, of course. Gosh, she's so amazing. I've learned so much from her. Um, you know, it, it's really beautiful in any character that you explore and you portray, you take a little piece with them, and she's been the biggest influence on me. Um, there's this, um, I mean, just a little tidbit. Um, uh, there was this moment in rehearsals. I don't know if it was the second time around that we did it or, or whether it was the first time around. But um, so in act two, she says, my husband called, he's coming back and we're going to work things out. Um, it's a really, really intense scene. And Richard, Richard Carroll, our director, uh, while we were kind of exploring the scene, he said, we don't know if her husband called. He may not have called. And she's just using this as a reason to get him to see that, you know, he's got to go after his own yeah. life. Um, mm. And he can't, he can't, I can't be that rock for him. He's got to, he's got to sort himself out. Um, and it just every, it blew everyone's mind. And so yeah. every night, every night I just chose something different depending on the vibe of the, the, the audience and, and what Toby and I were creating. He's, he's wonderful to work with. It's different every night. I love it. Um, uh, and so, yeah, every night it would change. I mean, I don't think the audience would know, but in my own mind it was really fun to kind of choose whether um, my husband had called or whether he didn't. Um, and that, yeah, maybe she, yeah, she thinks of it at the very last minute to not only stop him but stop herself. Oh, look, there are, there are endless, yeah. endless yeah. possibilities. <laughs> I love that show. It is beautiful. There's there's just so many themes that are explored and it's really um, fulfilling as as the audience member and also, like, um, yeah, even with the this different ending, it is real life mm. and that is real life mm. and it's so refreshing to see that on stage because sometimes you get like the you know the big musicals it's usually the fairy tale ending this is slightly different which is yeah. always a lot of fun well, escapism escapism is great but yes sometimes yeah. it's nice to get a healthy dose of reality and to cry a bit. yeah <laughs> i love that catharsis yeah that's what totally. we need to go through <laughs> yeah. and i guess on that note we're actually going to change things up a little bit and do a game okay <laughs> So, uh, the game I've actually chosen for today is a bit of trivia, a bit of musical theatre trivia. Everyone's going to find out my secret. Yeah, she's got her hands over her face. They're going to find out that I know nothing about musical theatre. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) I've got multiple choice. Oh, God, that's even worse. Is this this an... Is this open book? Is this an open book exam? I'm just going to get my Google up. They're pretty easy. Like, they're not too hard. They're not too hard. I feel okay. like they're a bit I feel fun. like that doesn't help. I feel like it's not going to matter. I feel like that's actually going to make it worse. 
<laughs> I love it. So it's going to be you and Tori against each other. So I'll go... Tori, you're going to go first, okay? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say the question and then the answers, and then you'll give me the response on which one you think it is. Okay. So... Which Broadway musical featured a helicopter on stage? Is it South Pacific, Evita, or Miss Saigon? I'm going to say Miss Saigon. Yes, you are correct. Okay, I was like, really, any See? of those could be I was very about to answer that, be... and then I forgot it was your question. I was like, really, <laughs> any of those, because they are all a bit extra, in the sense that, they like, are... Evita and... Um, South Pacific could absolutely have a helicopter if they really wanted to. Um, but Mitsaigon is the only one that actually makes sense to have. Yes. Yeah. It does. It does. It has a big helicopter scene. I started yeah. I started pretty chill. This is a bit of a fun <laughs> one just for me because, you know. That was a guess. I would also like it to be known. That was a hardcore guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, these are all towards, like, what I love. So I've just, like, put them in. Oh, great. <laughs> Go for it. Wonderful. Okay. So what is, this is for you, Steph. Uh, what is the name of Annie's dog in the musical Annie? <laughs> is <Wait>. it? <laughs> <laughs> Gypsy, Buddy, Sandy. Well, it's not Toto. Uh, it's yeah, it's Sandy. Sandy. Santy. Yeah, Sandy. See, <laughs> she's got this. She I was literally about to say Toto, person. and then I stopped myself. <laughs> it's multiple choice, and Toto was not one of them. Okay. Jesus. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Okay, Tori. Yes. What kind of gambling operation does Nathan Detroit run in Guys and Dolls? This is a little harder. Is oh. it poker, horse racing, or craps? Don't know what craps is. That's a fabulous question, considering I've never seen Guys and Dolls. Oh, um, really? What? That's fine. That's you're fine. You're a fraud. You're a musical theatre fraud. <laughs> I've been exposed. I'm going to say a horse racing. No, it's craps. Okay. Yeah. I actually genuinely don't know what it craps is. So if anyone knows. Let me enlighten you. Craps oh. is a dice game in which players bet on the outcomes of a pair of dice. Oh, is that oh, that one where it like spins? Yes, because they've got that song that's like, um, what's the matter? Roll the dice. They're like rolling the dice. And uh, what's it called? Oh, I forgot what it's called. But they're rolling all the dice and that's what they do. Well, there you go. I learned something new today about theatre. There you go. Look at us. A bunch of hardballers. I know. (laughs) 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 Okay. um, This is one of my favourites. Okay. What was Disney's first Broadway musical? Was it Mary Poppins? This is, you've got four. Lion King, Little Mermaid, or Beauty and the Beast? You know, I remember this being in my exam, um, I think in my third year of musical theatre. No way. Yeah. It was an exam question? I have a feeling, yeah. History, it would have been my history of musical theatre Oh, yeah. Um, Just teaching all the MT um, students out there. Mm. <laughs> I feel like Mary Poppins is sticking out to me. Um, I feel like it was Mary Poppins. You know what? I guessed that the first time. Oh. It's not. It's Beauty and the Beast. Beast, there you go. Which I didn't figure that myself, 
but yeah, it's it's Beauty and the Beast. There you go. I would have thought Mary Poppins too. Yeah. But yeah, Random. there you go. I guess it's because it's the stage musical as well. Yes. Yeah, I know that makes so, sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, actually, you guys are on a tie, which works out really well for me because I have a tiebreaker now. Okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to say the questions and the options. Okay, guys. All right. What is the longest running musical in Broadway history? Is it Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> Cats, Chicago, or The Lion King? Steph, um, I do know the answer to this. And I, um, I mean, I did know the answer to this. I, I feel like I once <laughs> upon a time have known the answer, but I also feel like it's changed. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there have been several times I've known the answer and it's just escaped me. Um, no, not just this is one I found on a trivia there. website, so I probably should have like double checked. But... It's either Phantom or Chicago, um, I believe. I think sh- is it Chicago? <gasps> is it? Oh no, it's not. It's not either it's of not. them. Yeah, because I always thought it was Chicago as well, oh but God. it's no, it's Phantom of the Opera. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. That makes way more sense, in fact. <laughs> Oh, my God. All the music theatre nerds are like, I'm turning this off. (laughs) This is abysmal. It's fine. We are both winners because we tried. Exactly. (laughs) You have ended on a tie. So you're actually tied for winning. And I don't have another question. So good. (laughs) There we go. After that absolute disaster, I'm I'm heavily ashamed of myself. (laughs) It's something that I found super interesting and absolutely phenomenal on your resume um, is that, so you performed last year, yeah, last year in a completely fresh production of Oklahoma that gender bent characters, which Mm. completely pushes the narrative and changes the narrative in quite a few ways. Yeah. Did you find that there was more opportunity with your role as Laurie to actually, you know, everyone when they take on a role wants to try and make it their own, but did you feel like there was a lot more opportunity to really make that character your own? So we we gender bent Curly and Laurie mm. um, remain the same. Um, it applies a different lens to the piece. A lot of a lot of the original story made more sense. Um, with applying a queer lens to the piece. Yeah. Okay, so in the original production, you've got Laurie and Curly, and they just are fighting so hard uh, against their feelings, their true feelings, that they are in love with each other. And you're just like, why? Why? Yeah. Like, surely it's not. I mean, it could be pride, but it just feels like you want a better reason um, for mm. them to have this kind of, you know, struggle right from the beginning of the piece. And so if you apply the queer lens, then it's, it just makes a lot of sense. Like, uh, Laurie is really struggling with um, what she believes she has been taught that she should do. For, not from her family, but from... So we created this idea that Oklahoma was this safe place, um, accepting... Uh, and diverse place and then outside anywhere any other town outside of it was you know conformity and 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 um, the patriarchy and this and that and so you know within Oklahoma she felt um safe to kind of maybe explore her feelings and her emotions with Curly but um you know she's dealing with this um this pressure from the outside world and and you know just being afraid of afraid of that and um and then she's got Judd who very much represents you know the um especially our version of Judd, uh, the kind of the, the toxic masculinity, the very straight yes. um, man type thing. And she's kind of going and, you know, uh, 
uh, despite the, what the script says, you know, she's like, I'm afraid of afraid of Jada and this and that. I think she's more afraid of her own um, feelings and emotions. Um, and yeah. in a way, she was kind of in, like, in this production. It was kind of like there was kind of a choice, like between whether I want to like be with Curly or whether Jada is an option. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of why she just kind of gives it a go and like agrees to go to you know the I forget what it's called the party the ball whatever it is. Um, um the hoedown yeah totally in, in act two um yeah so uh there, there's that struggle and it just it just made complete it's complete sense of the book um as to why yeah. they're both a bit you know like oh god i want to i want to but i, I don't know if I, I can i can um and then as well with with judd's character why is he so tormented why what brings him to the point of wanting to kill someone you know uh, mm. and andy did so much this is amazing background work he was telling me one day of all this this background work that he'd done on judd it was wild um but ultimately we really played up this toxic masculinity um in 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 that character and um we we kind of had this idea that Judd in fact was struggling with his own sexuality and and he he was attracted to men and he was in order to fight that so severely he went so toxic in the other direction um yeah and because of this internal battle within himself, that's ultimately what, by the end of the piece, drives him to want to kill Curly because he's, in a way, jealous of how brave um, Curly is. You know, Curly's pronouns remained he, him. And mm-hmm. um, just seeing how uh, confident um, Curly is in his own skin and, and that I think Judd is so jealous of that. Yeah. And, um, you know, by the end, he's so humili- humiliated and... Um, and jealous of him and he just is compelled to you know um anyway so yeah that just uh, so much of the story made sense that was a long story um and and as and as well like uh, vicky victoria falconer's um uh musical direction was phenomenal like we it was just a four 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 or five piece band and um a lot of the songs were stripped back and we really really played with um some moments being so gorgeously real and mm. um, suddenly so camp and just this it was so broad and then and then the same <laughs> way in terms of um, the light and the shade in the show like some really beautiful light moments like a highlight of the show for me was Axel mm. Duffy um, performing Kansas City and I think before that scene it may have been more of like a naturalistic acting scene I can't quite remember but then you know he comes back from Kansas City and um uh what vicky uh had created and her partner jared as well jared Payne, um was this uh it was so many different styles of music and axel just it was like a mashup of like popular songs and then like the jazzy stuff and then music theater stuff 80s stuff it was so so cool she like fully uh mixed up that um that song and it was so camp and axel's doing like fuetes and i don't even know what they're called um and just all that yeah it was just you know it can go so extreme and then just have really really beautiful intimate moments like um emily and i in people will say we're in love played our own instruments for the first half of the song and we just kind of sang to each other as if we were like preparing to perform later at the party and and stuff like that so it was just beautiful i loved i loved everything about it and everyone's ideas were incredible and 
felt like one of those really special moments in time that, um, you know, we did it over in Perth and I really, really hope that we um, can bring it over east because I think people would just be obsessed with it. Yeah, Richard's pretty amazing. Hearing you talk about it, it makes me so excited Mm. to, like, see a production like that because it really gives the characters more motivation and also I feel like as a modern audience we actually would want to see something like that because it reflects what our society is now like we can relate a little bit more to the story and to the characters hearing you talking about it it makes so much more sense to me their connection and their relationship and as Mm. um a queer woman myself being able to see that as well Mm. and Mm. understanding that kind of you know that push and pull and the yearning too but then oh you know you can't you can't do that yeah but yeah no I I completely agree with everything you've said it's we asked ourselves um so much on the production why 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 is this character like this why why are we doing this why are we doing this now why is this important um and there are just so many reasons um Mm -hmm. and it's actually really we had a really really similar um we had really similar conversations on Lizzie as well. Um, Maeve, our director, was all about the why. She was like, why are we doing this? Why are we telling this story in Australia? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so important to check in with that because, I mean, there are so many beautiful classics. This is, you know, they are beautiful because they're classic, but um, some mm-hmm. of them are so outdated that um, there's just, in my opinion, <laughs> no real point in doing them. Uh, and the world is changing the world is changing and our yeah. industry needs to change with it. And, um, you know, the audiences are no longer, you know, you don't have to cater for a, a specific type of, there are so many, you know, our audiences are now diverse. Trust that, trust that people are going to come see it. I guess on that note of change, um, what are some things that you would like to see in the Australian arts industry moving forward and what changes do you want to mm. see in what we put on and perform yeah we've been we've been talking about that um at the forefront of my mind right now with the conversations that we've been having on lizzie um accessibility into theater is incredibly important like at the Hayes, we um Hayes delivered their first ever caption show last week which was really amazing Phenomenal. so we set up some TVs at the front of the theatre and there was someone in their home getting a live feed of the show and queuing all of the lines and the dialogue onto the screen. Um, So that was really, really cool. Uh, And then, I mean, that's just one example, but more accessible and diverse um, stories as well being written and being told because that'll just bring in a whole different audience that, like you said before, will be able to see themselves on stage. And I think that's really, really important. so, and then, of, of course, um, 2020, the good thing about it was that it provided us with space to have um, conversations about um, diversity on stage in, in race, in gender, in sexuality, and um, it's, it's, it's happening slowly, and um, I, think, I think it'll pick up um, speed and changing, and I, I think, in a way, the silver lining to the pandemic was that um finally people had a chance to sit down and they didn't have a choice (laughs) you don't have a choice but to listen um you know so uh if it's not going to change from as they say the top to the bottom um then it's gonna start changing here and then slowly make its way up and then hopefully filter um that way so yeah look there there are as the world is changing we need to constantly change with it it's never when progress is never going to stop 
that's wishful wishful thinking i don't think it's wishful thinking i think it's honest thinking because i think i honestly feel like people have to at this point yeah i agree even if you're not necessarily comfortable with it to begin with because nobody's ever comfortable with change but it's not about being comfortable it's about being open to it and being aware that it needs to happen because Mm. it's only to our detriment if we don't also learning through mistake i feel like so many people are afraid that they're gonna do something that's not gonna be quite right and they're gonna make a mistake and i'm like well sometimes excuse me sometimes you have to make the mistake to make the change and to learn from it 100 my gosh the biggest lessons i've learned is when i've made an absolute dick out of myself but it's because i remember <laughs> you know I'll, ne- I'll never forget it um which is yeah kind of the best way to learn but um yeah i think it, we just need to keep the conversations going and open and um patience and yeah generosity and i think i think we're heading in the right d- direction for sure a hundred percent but before we go um we are going to do a little bit of a bedtime story so i'm not sure if you have like a stage mishap or something <laughs> like kind of like an embarrassing moment that kind of type of thing that you can share oh, with us today let me pull out my long list of stage mishaps um look stage mishaps are the best i i mean they're terrifying but it's kind of where the magic happens um most of the time sometimes magic does not happen um but a lot of the time um it's really fun especially if you're doing a show eight times a week uh, for something a bit different to to happen and for you to uh, kind of be snap back um to be really present um so I, i kind of love when that stuff happens uh i think by far my my favorite stage mishap because it was terrifying but it just ended so beautifully was uh i think it was the first time around we were doing once uh and toby is meant to preset um sheet music the falling slowly sheet music in his back pocket uh and there's a scene where he's going to leave and i grab the sheet music out of his pocket and i say "Ooh, what's this and we sit down and we sing this song together and it's amazing so the usual part where I go to run and grab the music, Toby's forgotten to <gasps> preset the sheet music in his back pocket. And so I run to, I like sprint oh towards God. him, like to go to his back pocket and nothing's there. And I stop myself and I, he turns around like, what are you doing? Like, like you, cause I've stopped. And then yeah. this moment in his eyes where he realizes, oh no, oh no, oh God, oh God. And so I just think, okay, what do I need to do? to continue the story moving forward so I just continue with some lines so instead of being instead of pulling out the music and saying oh you write music I say something along the lines of I have a feeling you write music (laughs) (laughs) um and uh I sit down at the piano seat and Toby uh, kind of mumbles and does some improvisation and goes "Mm, I'm not doing this I'm not doing this and I sit down firmly at the piano seat in front of the piano and I wait. I was just thinking in my mind, this is your fault. This is your mistake. You can fix it. <laughs> so I sit down at the piano and Toby being the absolute genius that he is, comes over to me and uh, tells me the first four chords of the song. He goes, I can't remember what they are, but he'll say, he'll say something like F, C, F, G or whatever. And so I just play the chords to the song and um we just worked our way the, sa- the same way that you would sit down and jam with someone and you didn't have sheet music and they've written a song and they really want you to play with you um you kind of just stop every time you get to a different section of the song and he tells you the next 
part of the chord or the next chord that yeah. comes and then slowly throughout the course I had uh, imagined that I was kind of you know she's a very very talented pianist in the show that she was creating her own kind of melody as she's going along so it was very much a jam session and because I didn't know the words and I didn't um, really know any harmonies and sort of stuff he just Toby just kind of sang the first half of the song by himself um, and then I started humming some harmonies as I pretended that I was getting to know the song mm. and then by by the very end by the very end chorus I was finally singing the words with him because by the end I had learned the words and it was just the most magical organic stage moment that I have ever had and I don't think we had gotten an applause from an audience like that in any any show wow, it was man. so beautiful and um Toby and I we walked off stage and <laughs> we just thought wow like we're never going to be able to recreate that ever um no. even if we planned you know for Toby to forget <laughs> the music and for us to do that it was just never going to be that special ever again um I was in tears I think it was just so beautiful um yeah I mean, that wasn't Toby's first reaction. When we walked off stage, he was like, I am so sorry. I am so, so, so sorry. I was like, don't be. That was the best thing we've ever done. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Wow. That's incredible. It's fun to see it unravel when something goes wrong to see yeah. how actors deal with it and also deal with it so professionally. Like, it's amazing that you guys had enough brain power in that moment, just were present in the scene to yes. allow for that to happen. And because it's such a beautiful, real, organic show, I didn't want it to be like, oh, okay, you've mm. sung to a verse of lyrics and now suddenly I know all the rest of the lyrics it's like no yes. that's not what this show is we really have to play this out yeah. as if it were happening um and I think the the amazing thing about like Toby and I he's, he's one of my best friends and um because we you know we're just so on the same wavelength um we were able to just kind of communicate in that way and just you know like did not stop looking at each other which just I felt very very safe with him and um yeah grateful for the for the friendship that we have because I think ultimately that's what kind of got us through it that we yeah. were both thinking the same thing <laughs> yeah and sometimes you know especially in a show like this that is so set in reality and the harshness of reality mm. it's so beautiful to be able to have that thank you so much for sharing not only that with us but just so much being so honest and candid with us today and taking the time to to chat with us amongst the absolute nuts that is your life I think you know rehearsing <laughs> one show during the day and doing another show at night I can only imagine that you're probably you know you've had a couple of days off but you're probably still your brain's probably still absolutely fried oh yeah it's 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 really <laughs> full-on but I think what's getting me through is that um I mean Lizzie is so comfortable now like we've we've been doing it for mm -hmm. such a long time that's kind of taking care of itself I've just got to make sure that I'm as well rested and healthy as I can be for that um, but with, um, with Clear Day, what, it, I'm just so passionate about it because everyone is and I've wanted to work with Kelly for such a long time. I worked with Jay when I was back at Whopper and I really wanted to work with him again and then there yeah. were a lot of the actors that I haven't worked with before at all that I admire their work so much uh, that I was like, I just have to do this. I can't say no. Uh, so, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah when, when you've got that driving you... Um, it's yeah it's an exciting time for sure yes well thank you both so much for having me this has been so wonderful such a pleasure thank you so much for taking the time to 
come on and thank you marissa if you're listening for helping me (laughs) getting us connected legend yes you guys you can obviously follow uh stephanie on instagram at steph kakamo which we will leave below um but that is it for today we will see you next time um until then stay happy healthy and safe and we will see you then Bye. bye hey it's leslie udom jr here on the broadway podcast network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds if you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.